You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 12, and today I wanted to talk to you about credit scores, my potentially unique viewpoint on them, and the ways that you can improve yours. Before we get into credit scores, though, it's probably worth knowing my stance on borrowing. And if you've listened to my earlier podcasts, you will know that I have previously been in debt, which in fact led me to where I am today creating content about personal finance. And my view on credit scores at this point was that I should borrow money to prove to lenders that I'm responsible so that I can borrow more money in the future. And the absurdity of this only hit me when I became debt-free and just had a mortgage. The realisation that the majority of people are actively promoting credit cards and debt to improve an arbitrary number just for the sake of it. Now that being said, I fully understand and I am aware that we live in a society that requires most people to get things like mortgages, phone contracts and dare I say it, and with great reluctance, car finance. The majority of people cannot buy houses outright, so we're forced into a corner where we have to borrow. And the only way to get the best interest rates other than having a large deposit is to have a good credit score. So all this to say, you need to play the game to a certain degree, even though I do it with gritted teeth. To clarify then, I think you should do everything in your power to be debt-free other than your mortgage, which I personally think is good debt. Good being the fact that it's an asset, something that goes up in value. But you need to do what you can to avoid things like car financing, loans, credit cards and buy now, pay later schemes. Okay, now that that rant on debt is done, let's move on to credit scores. So credit scoring is all about predicting your future behaviour. It's basically how financially attractive you are to lenders and how much money you could potentially make them over time. While a poor financial history counts against you, so does having little credit history as it makes you less predictable due to the lack of data that these companies hold on you. And this fact creates uncertainty among many people. Often people say that they've never even borrowed a penny so therefore their credit score is likely to be good but that's just not the case. Okay, so let me go through a brief history of the credit score. So before computers and algorithms existed worldwide, lenders would need to make a judgment call about a potential borrower based on information they had on them as well as any information they could gather from previous lenders to predict their future behaviour. And as this process is done by human beings, there's a lot of potential for mistakes and lenders being out of pocket due to borrowers asking for more than they could afford to repay, which was quite often the case. A system needed to be developed to make the decision-making more precise and to decrease the risk of lending. A metric needed to be developed to categorise borrowers into how risky it would be to actually give them some money, in the hopes of getting that back with some interest in the future. So in the 1950s in the USA, a method of scoring was created by an engineer and mathematician named Earl Isaacs and Bill Fair, and they named this system the FICO score. And the system proved quite popular and was used by insurance companies as well to evaluate the customers that are most likely to claim or not. And over time, this method uh, grew and expanded and became more complex using algorithms to what we now know as the credit score. So currently in the UK, there are three credit reference agencies that hold information on you. The information used to create a credit score is obtained from one or more of these three major credit reference agencies. And in the UK, these are Equifax, Experian and TransUnion. 
So Equifax was started in the US in 1899 by a couple of brothers who kept a list of good paying customers. Then later on, they sold that list of customers to other people who supplied items on credit, therefore creating the first credit file. Then there's Experian, which was founded in 1996, arguably the most well-known of the three, and they now handle millions of customers holding plenty of credit data about us. And finally, TransUnion, which used to be known as Call Credit. They started out by specialising in data regarding unpaid parking tickets, if you can believe it, but recently got into the business of providing credit card authorizations from mobile phones. It's pretty exciting stuff. So it's important to know that all lenders use data from one or more of these three agencies. And it's also important to know that your score with these three agencies won't be the same. They're going to differ slightly because they use different criteria to determine the magic number that they assign to you. And although most of the criteria that mean you'll have a high score remains the same across the three, there are differences that determine which is higher between each one. So that being said, you need to check all three scores regularly, whether it's every six months or a year, to keep track and ensure that you're heading in the right direction. And in case there's any confusion, that direction should be up. Interestingly, lenders don't actually see the score at all. It is simply and solely for you. The score you see reflects what's actually in your report, which is what lenders will look through when you apply for a credit product. And when applying for credit, your credit history is a main factor, but what you put on the application form too is also important. For example, your salary will make an impact on the decision of the lender. Okay, so what is a credit report versus a credit score? So your credit report and credit score are different. Your credit report is the detailed data held on you and your financial behavior, which I'll go through shortly, and the credit score is just a value assigned to you by these agencies because, you know, people like to know how well they're doing. Hence why I call it just a magic number. Credit agencies will often try and sell you a score, but please do not do it. You can find out your score for free using free trials and then you just cancel it. Just remember to put a reminder in your calendar or just cancel it straight away once you find out your number. Do not sign up to any consumer credit management products either. It's just the credit reference agencies trying to make more money from you. Okay, let's get into it. What makes up your score? So the data that's used to calculate your credit score comes from four main sources. Firstly, the electoral roll information, which is publicly available information about who lives where. And then they'll look at court records. So credit reference agencies will check if you have any county court judgments or CCJs, any decrees, IVAs, bankruptcies, and any other court debt orders. They'll also look at previous searches and linked data, and this includes any searches that other lenders have done on you, any addresses that you link to, and any people that you're financially tied to. For example, if you have a joint account with a partner. And then finally, they'll look at your account data. So accounts that you've opened with financial institutions, but also things like mobile phone contracts and energy suppliers too will be visible. And the basic credit score range is from 300 to 999. Why it's not 1,000? Who knows? And the higher the number, the less the risk the lender is essentially taking. If you have a higher score, you could expect to be offered better interest rates than people with lower scores. And you could expect better deals on things like mortgages, credit cards, insurance, and even mobile phone contracts. And the model behind the score is made up of the payment history, which accounts for 35% of the score, outstanding debts, which accounts for 30%, and the time you've had a file accounts for 15%, credit inquiries are 10%, and the type of credit actually makes up 10%. And although this is just a generic basic model, there are other models used by different credit reference agencies to build up your credit score, but it gives you a good idea of kind of how it's sectioned out into different areas. So the other main factors that are involved in making up a credit score are the amount that you earn, any debts that you currently have, and your residential status. 
add to that your credit history and you will see that a credit score is actually quite a complicated thing. So it's also worth noting that credit scores are not transferable from one country to another. So if you've had a good score, for example, in the USA and you stayed there for a while and then you come to the UK, you'll have to start again and build up a new credit score, even if you've had the same credit reference agencies in the other country. Okay, so before we get into how to improve your credit score, it's best to see where you're currently at. And as you're listening to a finance podcast, you probably have an interest in your finances. So you may know at least one of these three scores but I'll briefly go through how to check them anyway. And I would definitely recommend just setting aside 10 minutes to get this done. Okay, firstly, let's start with Experian who rates you out of 999 and definitely the most common one. When you talk to people about credit scores, this is normally the number that they'll quote to you. To find out your score, you just need to head over to their website, experian.co.uk, where I just checked and they state now that you can access your credit score with them for free forever, which is pretty handy. It takes just two minutes to fill out their form and you can access your score pretty much immediately. Make note of that. Then we have your Equifax score. And to view that score, you need to go to clearscore.com. They rate you out of 700 and their service as well is completely free. And once you sign up, you'll get an email every single month with your new updated score to view and they will tell you anything that's changed and how you can improve in different areas, which I find is actually quite handy. And then finally, your TransUnion score. For this, I would recommend using Credit Karma at creditkarma.co.uk. And they rate you out of 710, which is an outrageous, horrendous number to choose to be the max. I just don't know why they're doing it. But anyway, let's go with it. Okay, so make note of these three scores. This is your benchmark. This is where you know whether you're going up or down in the future. Okay, let's get into why you're listening. Five tips to improve your score. Firstly, you want to check that you're on the electoral roll. That means that you're registered to vote. By doing this, your identity and address will be verified from a very reliable source, making it hard for somebody to use your identity fraudulently. And if you aren't on the electoral roll, just head to the .gov website and have your national insurance number to hand. That's quite a simple one. That can be done pretty quickly. And number two, pay off existing debt. If you have a lot of debt, this looks to a potential lender like you're going to be a risky investment because you probably are going to be. You may not be able to afford repayments in the future. And now I advocate having no debt whatsoever other than a mortgage. So this tip is a win-win. If you do intend on getting credit in the future, keep your debts as low as possible. Pay off your debt using the debt snowball method by paying off your balances from smallest to largest, throwing everything you can at the smallest debt and paying minimum payments on the rest. Hallelujah, Dave Ramsey. Now, once that debt is cleared, move on to the next one. For me, this is the best method. It taps into your psychology. It gives you those quick wins and keeps you motivated. There's no way anybody's going to convince me that there's another method that is better. And if you do have a credit card, which I kind of hope you don't, then keep the balance below 50% of the limit to show that you're in control of your money rather than the money being in control of you. And this is known as credit utilization. Okay, on to the next one, limit your credit applications. If you apply for a lot of credit in a short space of time, this will cause you to appear desperate and your chances of being approved will reduce. Try to limit credit applications as much as possible and only do it once you have a comparison search result so you have a rough idea of how likely you are to actually get that credit. They give you a percentage likelihood, so it's actually quite an easy way of doing it. It's not perfect, but it's a good indicator to get you in the right ballpark. For example, if you know that you're going to be applying for a mortgage in the next six months, try not to apply for more credit beforehand because that is going to reduce your chances of being approved. Okay, number four, do not miss payments. Seems obvious, of course, but this could put you into default and absolutely trash your credit score. By not keeping up with your payments, you are evidencing that you really are not reliable with money. 
And yes, in some cases, this could be accidental, in which case you need to try and resolve it with the company directly and prevent it from negatively impacting your credit score. However, if you do get to this stage, it's likely that you're struggling financially and you can't keep up with the minimum payments. And if this is you or you know somebody who's in that situation, please get hold of Citizens Advice, the National Deadline or Step Change. The last thing you want to do is bury your head in the sand. You need to get help. Okay, and finally, you need to check your credit report for mistakes. And as I've already said, you need to regularly check your credit report, whether it's every six months or a year. And if something on your credit report is wrong or it's changed and you're not aware of it or it doesn't apply to you, contact the credit reference agency to have your file updated. This could be, for example, if somebody's applied for credit in your name and you weren't aware of it. The reason for this is that even having a slightly wrong address can affect your score. So make sure you check all the details on your report for any incorrect information and rectify it as quickly as you can. And if you're struggling to get something removed that you know shouldn't be on your file, you can contact the financial ombudsman. So I will summarize briefly what I've covered in this episode. Your credit report is detailed information held about you by credit reference agencies and your credit score is just an arbitrary number assigned to you by them. Whether you like it or not, your credit score is important. Be sure to check all three credit reports every six months to a year, utilize free trials and don't pay for anything. If you notice an error, report it immediately to the agency and ask it to be removed. And if there's any problems, go to the financial ombudsman. Make sure you take positive steps to increase your score using the tips given in this episode. And finally, do not obsess over these numbers. It's just a benchmark. You know where you are. You know whether you're going up or down. A credit score changes nothing about you. And like I said before, I'd rather you just didn't borrow any money. You should be living within your means and buying what you can afford. Despite that, having a good credit score is part of life. I am aware of that. And it's needed to get everyday things sometimes. So regardless of your position on borrowing money, you do need to take steps to make sure it is as high as possible to save you money in the future. And I would like to add that I purposely left out that you should get a credit card, make payments on it and pay it off every month. The reason I've left this out is because I genuinely think that is playing with fire and coming from me, I've been burned and I hear so many stories quite often where people get into serious debt starting out with good intentions like this. Yes, I'm different. I'll get the credit card. I will buy stuff I need and then I'll pay it off every month. Yeah. Of course you will. And there you have it. Hopefully some practical tips and information that you can take away from this episode. Thank you very much for listening. And if you wanted to support the podcast, you can do so by subscribing and leaving a review if you get any value from what I talk about. I genuinely love hearing your stories. So if you have something that you think would be valuable for others to hear, please do get in touch with me at frugalspender.co.uk. I've got some awesome guests lined up for the future and I also want to get on everyday people like you and I to tell their stories about their personal money and financial experiences. I'll speak to you guys next week. Peace. Peace.